Good morning, people of the planet Earth. This is one of the strangest, or let's just say the worst, one of the worst podcasts on the universe, in the universe. But we're, we're trying to improve. I'm trying to improve. I haven't given up on my listeners. And I do appreciate the feedback. So if you've tuned in for today's show, thank you. I will try not to disappoint you. <clears throat> so yesterday we touched on this topic of the neural link being used for bad things. And uh, <clears throat> we had a discussion. I had a discussion yesterday on Twitter with a fellow computer person, a lady from Albania. And um, we were discussing a couple of different things. I wanted to kind of address some of her questions and just clarify things for the record. So, <clears throat> first of all, let's just talk about what, what I understood from Vlad and um, so basically what he is saying is that given predicates from an intelligent teacher, given invariance, statements of teaching, statements of intelligence that are carefully chosen by a teacher in a way that he can't describe formally, right? So given true human intelligence, <clears throat> you can reduce your training data sets up to 100 times, and you can reduce the entire um, theoretical maximum cost of training your machine learning systems incredibly. But these, this intelligence is hard to define and hard to find. And I applauded that. I applauded, first of all, his criticism of the hype. So I'm getting personally sick of all of this deep learning hype and basically, you know, spending billions of dollars wasting more energy than some countries use in a year, just a massive waste of resources that are not re renewable. And even if they were opportunity costs, they could be used for other things. Massive amounts of waste being applied to what he said, just randomly looking at zillions of data points and trying to come up with so-called intelligence. 
and the hyping of that. So I'm just um, sick of the hype, okay? And sick of the waste. And I really welcomed his skepticism and criticism in his brutal Russian style of the um, of the deep learning hype. And he also criticized Turing's idea of imitating intelligence. And he said that intelligence is much more difficult to define than tricking someone to think that they are a person. And he also said that Turing said it's not possible to make an intelligent machine. Okay, so those are the two things I wanted to clarify. And then I went on to say that I think it's good that there are some limits to the machine learning and it's not that easy. It's not that easy to create generalized artificial intelligence Because I believe that such an artificial intelligence will naturally land in the wrong hands of the wrong people. And if you could just buy it by burning billions of dollars worth of resources. that the people who have those resources are not necessarily doing it in the interest and for the good of the people and that we get into a moral hazard where we get a complete informational disadvantage where very few people have a humongous advantage over everyone else. Um, and if they could get their hands on the ultimate weapons, which are which is artificial intelligence, then it would be very bad. So, to be honest, I'm happy to see that there are limits and hard limits to artificial intelligence because that makes it for a safer universe to live in. You know, if we took four billion years on Earth to create a semblance of intelligence in humans, you know, give us some more time to develop and you could say that I'm skeptical of governance and the ability of our systems on earth, human systems to restrict absolute power. Well, they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that it would be very corrupting influence to have too much power in terms of technology.
and that it's good if there is some slow progress in certain things. <clears throat> you know, I'm also not very happy with, for example, you know, we have such promise with genetic modification, but what is it being used for? It's being used to poison us, where the genetic modification of plants and soy is just to make it more tolerant to higher levels of pesticides so they can put more pesticides and more herbicides in our food indirectly. Um, and that becomes cheaper and then everything is full of it. And it's not necessarily a good thing. So I, I advocate for a slower, more reasoned approach and I think it's good if it's harder, if they're harder problems, just like it's nice, let's just say it's nice that the stars are not closer to us, that the universe is expanding, the stars are moving away from each other, which means the chance that a life on another star would come over and start rampaging on our planet is lower. And it's also nice to have some space. Let's just call it your safe space to grow up in without being necessarily squeezed together with everyone else. So it's nice that we don't have everyone doesn't have uh, quantum computing that can crack all codes because if the bad guys get their hands on it first, then they'll own all your datas. And, you know, these dissymmetries uh, <clears throat> are uh, an issue. So, I believe in an equilibrium where I guess it was good that the Russians also got the nuclear weapons because that created a balance of power. And basically, that um, what I'm saying is that now Vlad was saying yesterday, well, in yesterday's pod, or the day before yesterday's podcast, that he questions whether or not we are creative on our own or if we're connected to something else. But basically he was saying that, you know, technology or mathematical theories appear over 10 years simultaneously in different places. And um, however that may be, and I'm not advocating for a global collective subconscious that stores this information or anything like that. I'm just saying <clears throat> some things are just ripe for the taking. But um, I think that if 
competing interests and competing groups um, gain access to technologies somewhat in parallel using different means that this arms race doesn't go too quickly and no one gains too much of an advantage so it creates a balance of power which again creates an equilibrium and I think these equilibriums of power are where intelligence flourishes now some people will say that intelligence and progress only happens through war and that war is the greatest creator of technology and they have their argument um, but I think long term it's a state of equilibrium that is um, beneficial for all humans and that the war if it happens should be kept as short as possible and I guess it turns into one side exercising a technological advance over the other so if that's true um, if one side would discover generalized artificial intelligence or be successful in this deep learning which has now been shown pre theoretically to be not as effective then They would use that as an advantage for war or conflict of some kind so that new technology is basically going to lead to more conflict until the equilibrium is reinstated creates an imbalance in the force that has to be matched so and this gradual stepping up and gradual ramping up of the uh, technological arms race I guess is a natural thing and part of life but we don't want to um, live in a constant state of conflict now <clears throat> so I think I've clarified my my joyfulness in skepticism and criticism because I have long felt that this hype on deep learning is just too much and I've held myself back from going too crazy about it because I also realized that it's just burning too many resources and you know who has the resources to just burn like that to blindly crunch zillions of data sets and is it not better to do what you can and I said this to my uh, friend 
and fellow researcher, I said, isn't it better to dissolve what we can without deep learning? And that got me back on the path of actual learning instead of just turning the number crank, you know, cranking up the, uh, winding up the uh, little jukebox or whatever it is with a monkey inside, the um, wind-up toys. You know, is deep learning just a wind-up toy that entertains us? Well, Vlad said that it's able to come up with some parts of It's able to, for some cases, with enough data, come up with um, acceptable functions that define the statistical learning. But um, it's still a waste. And there's better ways to do it, he says. All right. Now, to get to the neural link, um, Again, I'm just, uh, now, the lady said, well, isn't it good, people need to learn, and isn't it good to have a ruler to teach you? And, obviously, we do need to learn, and it is good to have parents who will teach you. Um, it's good to have teachers who will teach you, a school that will teach you, etc. But even that school is part of a system, and that system exists in the equilibrium state that I'm talking about, that are in opposition to each other. So your system that's teaching you is still part of a larger multiverse of systems that are in competition in an arms race against each other, let's say, even if it's a nice one, right? Like if you have 10 neighboring countries and they're all competing against each other in a nice way, in a state of equilibrium, just edging forward, having slight advantages over each other, and the other one's subsuming. That's like a healthy competition. But um, whatever system that you're in, it's going to be at relative advantage or relative disadvantage to someone else. But uh, what we have with uh, Facebook is a monopoly. And some could argue that it's a state-sponsored monopoly. And there's arguments that Facebook is a branch of the government or they have offices there and um, it's being used for disinformation or for information for propaganda purposes now you could say it's just teaching people 
It's just teaching people what's wrong and right and uh, doing fact checks. But we know... Okay, well, first of all, that may be. And I do believe that there is an absolute truth in many things. And obviously, there is a, um, a lot of garbage being propagated out there. Um, but I don't believe that we need a government-sponsored censorship to go in and um, and we don't need the machine learning systems automatically determining copyright violations, truth, and so forth, especially if they're not accurate, especially if they're just predictions, approximate predictions being backed up by unmotivated workforce. I mean, that's really what we have with Facebook is we have and Google, we have a system of machine learning, which is like an approximate truth, <clears throat> an approximate um, understanding backed up by a call center of unmotivated people who make lazy decisions and are stuck behind a wall, a, uh, a pile, they're stuck under a mountain of cases to look at, feeding this machine data. And um, I, I don't like it. And I don't want to be part of it. And um, that's what I'm saying. That's why I left uh, Facebook again after being confronted with even something that was wrong, obviously wrong, um, when you looked at it. But the question is, and this is what I'm trying to get at, what... Okay, so let me just try to formulate this better. Oh, the sun's coming up. There's Venus. The only star left, the only planet left in the sky over there. So, um... Let's just try to put this together. Okay. First of all, um, I dislike the encroachment of the so-called algorithms. Um, I don't want to have fact checks turned on in my feed automatically. Let's start with that. Okay. I don't want the algorithm deciding what to show me and what not to show me. Okay, 
I don't want to subscribe to that. And I don't want to look at advertising either. Okay. Now, and what I see is that ordinary people are getting sucked more and more into the system of Facebook. And being uh, influenced and controlled by it. And I think that could be considered a psychological operation of some kind. So, now you could argue that we need to do this. And that people need to be influenced. Okay. I understand that, but I still think that the way that it's happening is wrong. So that's my opinion. Now, obviously we do need to be informed and learn what is wrong and right. But I don't believe in the censorship. And especially this tyranny of the algo that I called it in previous episodes where the algo has decided something about you and you have no way to dispute it and it just drags on for years and that these corporations have too much power and if it was up to was up to the French and the Germans I guess they would call them monopolies <clears throat> so I'm not really advocating that we go back to the good old days but I think we need to have an equilibrium, as I said, a balance. And right now, if things are quite imbalanced. So, so that's my first argument that I do not agree with this censorship and the tyranny of the algo. The entire setup of the um, machine learning, deciding what you can see, what you can't see. And then, you know, my wife played a piece of piano the other day and she did it on her own and she posted it, it was blocked because it sounded like some major pianist playing and the algo decided to block her and then she had to appeal that but she was taken out and was blocked on other cases so there you go there's an imbalance there is a large corporation that is now not only owning the rights of this guy who did the recording 
but also blocking other artists from even playing because the algo has decided a 95% certainty with disputes managed by some overworked millennial sitting in a call center and it's just not a good system why do we need this this is too much overreach and too much oversight and um, it's wrong-headed now <clears throat> I can give you many other cases of this and we see there's bias in the machine learning and unfairness in many different ways and a disproportionate collection of information about people the uh, legal agreements are too complicated and change too often to understand and even worse schools and governments and um, institutions put information only into the Facebooks and so forth they don't maintain their own websites anymore so they become captured and that in order to interact with your school or whatever you have to submit to these terms of data collection that you don't want to and this becomes another point where it's becoming state-sponsored where you pay taxes to your state to your government and they cannot put up the infrastructure to share data with you so they end up reaching out to Facebook's and so forth to publish information and subjugate you into that system so that becomes I would say through laziness and ignorance and lack of protest this becomes then a captured a captured state and then of course through elections everybody loves to um, to do the analytics and they do have a great analytics system if you ever look at advertising on Facebook it's amazing but I think it's really um, an overreach <clears throat> and I think that uh, it should be made harder for them and that's why I'm happy to see that the algorithms are declared to be harder So now when we get to the neural link, the neural link is all of that, but faster. So all of the criticisms and all of the dangers and the data collection, all of the data collection and then, so what if your, your school says, well, out of laziness, we're only going to publish our data on neural link. So you have to get the neural link to do it. And what if, and then we'll get into this disproportionateism where people can't afford to own their own data and own their own neural link, so they're going to rent it or something. We're creating a new class society, and then the have nots in that society will have to submit to all types of privacy invasions and even deeper data collection 
you think that you got data collection going on now, wait until you get the Neuralink going and you get more and more data collection. And the other thing is that we haven't even discussed. So a new topic here that just occurred to me that the Neuralink it grows up on it's implanted on certain neural interfaces. So, but the brain adapts to stimuli. So if you use the neural link for a long time, your brain will then adapt to that neural link and grow closer to it. It will maximize that interface, let's say, um, so that it will actually alter the way that your brain works. And through training, and this of course is probably happening through phones as well. So, yeah. So basically, there's the argument of changing of the neural networks. And we talked about that kind of, that we're just nodes in the neural network of the big, big data companies, that they just use us as minimal wage workers in their system. So... <clears throat> So you might say, well, we need diversity and we need, um, you know, different people, different opinions. Uh, we need to be able to make mistakes and grow and that these systems are just stepwise things in that direction. And yes, they are. And I don't see the neural net network, the neural link as even being close to what I'm describing, but I'm just going forward into a more dystopian view, and I'm just throwing out there like, you know, what if we see what's on the computer today, but through the neural link, right? This bad behavior that we see, and maybe the government that you live under is all happy and nice and not corrupt. But what about the people who live in a corrupt environment with government overreach um, <clears throat> and are subjugated to even more tyranny through these systems and even more disparity? And I would just want to raise some awareness to these ideas and questions and something to think about that not all progress is good and that it's good to have some limits on it. Okay. So there's my qualified answer for you. And I hope you enjoy that. And um, I'm just going to send this out as a uh, response to the last episode and then I might record my own. 
episode for the day. I'm going to go listen, do some other things. I'm on my morning walk right now. So, uh, yeah, hope you all have a great day, and thanks for your feedback. Bye.